Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. April 12th here. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always, Carl Dummler for another episode of Building the Broncos, one of the OG shows for this channel. Carl, how are you doing today? I'm good. I, I just realized I do not have my hat on. And, uh, you didn't my... last week either. I thought maybe you no, were last week I had it. You did? I had okay. it. Yeah, I didn't have it last week. Uh, no, my kids cleaned the living room today because they wanted a little extra spending money, you know, yeah. get some money for some chores and stuff. And, and somehow my hat that was sitting on the couch, no longer sitting on the couch. So, mm. you know, just the usual. They, kids like to help, but sometimes their help is not always a great help. So, but I appreciate what they did. I really do. Anyway. Makes, makes me think of a Buddy the Elf making, I made you breakfast. Oh, what is it? Spaghetti and syrup. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah. So you're going to see how, how long my hair has gotten. It's got to, I got to get a haircut here pretty soon. Uh, I had a haircut. My wife says it's not the best haircut in the world. So uh, my, I don't think they took enough off the top. They cut the sides, but now I kind of look like uh, 80s, you know, going to be playing in Wham or something. But uh, enjoying it. Uh, yeah, we got some storms rolling through here. So hopefully our power doesn't go out. But uh, storms in Seattle, right? You don't hear about that very often. But let's say hello to some people in here. Dylan Von Arks, always in here helping us out, saying, Sup, Broncos country. Make sure you guys hit that like button on the way in and subscribe if you haven't already. Yeah, guys, please hit that like button. On the way in, James Hyatt also in here. Good evening, Nick and Carl and Dylan and Broncos country. I don't know who Dylan is, um, but oh, you're saying hi to oh, Dylan Van, Van Ark. This Dylan. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also say hi to uh, Scott, who's working in the background. Scott, he's waving to us right now. Um, no, he's not. Now, now he is. Now he's giving the <laughs> finger. Um, but we got, but then, hello to you, James. We also got Paul coming in. OG Paul. Good to see you. I hit the like as I entered. Thank you so much, Paul. Hello, Broncos country. Nick, Carl, and Scott. Hello. Russell Wilson, the third. Let's ride. RW3, baby. Let's go. Um, Paul also saying new attitude, new energy. 2022 is a test drive. 2023 is the start of the Super Bowl runs. I mean, let's say 2022 is the start of the Super Bowl runs. It's, the, it's still the 2022 season that is going to be kicking off here. So uh, let's lean into that one, too. Um, also, Paul, one more time. Will Russell Wilson play style bring back old bulls of reaching and holding issue again. Let's get right into this. This is a good comment yeah. and a good question here. Uh, Garrett Bowles. I think that we went, <laughs> this is me right in the middle every single time, no matter what I'm so freaking fun at parties. Let me tell you Russell or excuse me, Garrett Bowles early in his career. He's not as bad as people are saying, you know, he's had some issues with his technique, but he's probably closer to a league average tackle. If not slice slightly above average, than uh, what we're, what many people are saying, Oh, he's the worst tackle ever. Probably a lot of people paying attention to the penalties, those stand out, and the overall pedigree of a uh, first-round pick. Now, Garrett Bowles, if anything, coming off of two years ago, might be slightly overrated. Um, yep. Last year was not his best year. Uh, his run blocking, I think, has taken a little bit of a dip. I'm curious to see how it looks in this outside zone scheme or outside zone emphasis scheme. Everybody runs a little bit of everything these days with run schemes. But uh, definitely, I think this is an interesting issue to get into. Russell Wilson's play style potentially leading to the Garrett Bowles of old. Uh, do you have any concerns with this, Carl? Well, I mean, you got to be concerned for the entire offensive line. They've got to know that there's going to be some plays that Russell Wilson's going to dance back there. Mm. You can't just count to three and say, okay, the ball's going to be out. There's going to be plays. It's going to be five, six, seven seconds while he's running around back there. And, and so you got to be smart about it. And Garrett Bowles has had times where he just, when he panics, he grabs. And, and that's what leads to the penalties. I mean, you'd rather have him grab and not have the quarterback get hit, but he's still got to be smarter because there's times where he's not even out of position. He just thinks he is. And, uh, and so I, I do, I think there's going to be a few of those plays that he's going to probably get some holding calls and, and he's going to get blamed for a lot of things like he has in the past. And uh, so it's just kind of been weird to see his career. Like you said, start off having a lot of those penalties, pretty raw player coming in all of a sudden had that one great year where there weren't any fans in the stands. And I think that helped him 
a lot where he just didn't have to worry about crowd noise or anything like that or you know home fans that were a little upset with him obviously with all the holding calls and uh, and then you know got his big contract and now like like you said he's maybe being a little overrated so Paul you're you're spot on there I think there are going to be some holding calls that could hold this team back a bit yeah and there's also the impact of Munchak leaving we don't know what that's going to look like for Garrett Bowles uh, Munchak got a lot of credit for the Bulls turnaround. Now, how much of that is Bulls? How much of that is Munchak? We're fixing to find out. We remove one of those variables. So uh, that's something to keep an eye on as well. But I think the main thing is Russell Wilson's, we'll call it greediness in the pocket because he's looking to make big plays. And I'm okay yeah. with that. You know, like Russell Wilson yeah. takes sacks. Well, he also hits, you know, 20 plus yard plays down the field that you don't see from every single quarterback too. So you're going to have to live with a little bit of both uh, there. If you, it's the good and the bad, as long as he's protecting the football, I'll take the sacks, right? That's how, that's how I feel about it. But right. it does lend itself to, not having a classic drop back, not knowing exactly what your landmark is going to be in pass protection and having to hold longer, uh, hold your, not, not hold, but you know, keep your block, sustain your block longer. So yeah. definitely possible to see him, uh, regress again, quotes on that one, some, uh, and have holds tick back up this season. But I think he overall is going to be fine. The biggest issue with bulls isn't so much as play. I think it's not changed too dramatically. It's that his contract is going to be massive, over the next few seasons, you're probably you're definitely not stuck. That's the wrong word to use, but you definitely have him in 2022. The way the contract works out, I think you probably still have him in 2023. I think it's 10 million saved with 8 million dead cap. It's not really a great return. I mean, 10 million is nice, but not a great return. But then I think in 2024, you can save like 20 million dollars, only 4 million dead cap. So that's the year to look at, in my opinion, how his play does or how his play goes will be big event. Also, I remember back to the Senior Bowl, uh, Cecil Lammy. On 104.3, the fans said that the Broncos are doing a lot of work on offensive tackles and ones that might be able to switch to left tackle at some point in their career as well, which to me, it's not so much about the guys they're looking at. That is a challenge slash perspective being thrown towards Garrett Bowles long term in Denver. Yeah. The, The other thing that could happen is he could be one of the bigger trade pieces for 2023 where, you know, teams are looking for tackles. And the Broncos might be looking to kind of offload that contract if he doesn't live up to playing to that kind of level. And it's going to be hard for him to live up to that kind of level. I think he's top five in tackle money for this year, if I remember right, for for cap hit. And uh, so I, I think the Broncos might be the team that's calling, saying, hey, we got this guy. What are you going to throw out? A second round pick, third round pick? We'll take it. And because right now they have, what, five picks? For the 2023 and five, but it looks like four. All the references I'm seeing only look like four, but okay, four, four or five. That's not enough. And and George Payton is not going to go into 2023 with four or five picks. That's just crazy. He's going to want to get that up to seven or eight. It really wouldn't surprise me if after this draft or during this draft, he trades for 2023 capital and gets it up there to seven or eight. And, And he might have some players in mind that he's going, okay, can we live without this player? If they can bring us a, a fourth or fifth round pick in this in 2023, are we willing to trade them now? I don't know. It, it's it's a balancing act that you're going to have to see here. Yeah, definitely. We'll see. It's it's all fluid. Um, nothing is permanent, but especially when you're when you're talking about football teams, uh, don't get too sentimentally attached to guys because it is a business at the end of the day, and the guys are going to do what's best for them, and teams are going to do what they believe is best for them as well. Kathy coming in. That's best for us. Kathy coming in. Definitely best for us. No. No disagreeing on that one. Hi, fam. Hello to you, Kathy. Um, she says, it's been a long day making dinner now. What are you cooking for us, Kathy? I think I'm going to be on the uh, the dinner onus tonight. We'll see. Um, I would like to walk the dog, but these storms are probably not going to let that happen. Uh, U.S. Dave said, I hit like when there is something I like. Dave. Ooh. Man. Ouch. Fine. <laughs> Ouch. Um, we also got uh, JD in the house. Hello, Broncos family. Watching today's show from Greeley, Colorado. Greeley, one of the tri-city areas. I think I think Greeley gets a bad rap for the cow stuff there, the, the meat industry, but I think Greeley is a fine place. Chan Chance coming in with the stars. Uh, thank you so much. Evening, guys. How does this Broncos defense rank among those in the AFC West? Carl, I'm going to kick it off to you first. Okay, well, I'm still going to put them at number one right now. I, I think that the pieces that they've brought back make this team a, a pretty good defense. I mean, they were, they were probably the best defense in the AFC West last year, depending on what metrics you're looking at, but even just watching them on the field, yes, they were up and down, but that was a lot to deal with, with the offense and how they were just always up and down or mostly down. 
and, and making life very difficult, where it's very razor thin of how the defense had to play in a game for them to win. And, and so I, I like the pieces that are coming in and, you know, adding Randy Gregory, I think that'll be a nice piece if he can get healthy before the season. Uh, I, I like what they've done, really just that entire defensive line. Bring it back, Jewel. That, that is going to be a huge piece that's so underrated for how that defense is going to be able to play. And I still think they're going to add quite a few pieces to it in the draft as well. So I, I still have the Broncos number one. Chargers number two. They added a lot of really nice pieces. I got to give them credit for that. I, I just need to see them put it on the field. And the other problem with their defense is a lot of their top guys are so injury prone. It's hard to trust that they're going to stay healthy this year. We'll, we'll see if they can all stay healthy. That can be one of the top three defenses in football. Third, I'm going to go. I'll go the Raiders. Hmm. I think they added some nice pieces on that defensive line to, to go with Max Crosby, who I think is one of the more underrated pass rushers in football. They, they still need some secondary help, of course, but I think they're doing okay. And then the Chiefs, they've lost a lot. I, I think that that's going to be the the Achilles heel for them this year. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is still going to be Patrick Mahomes, but their offense isn't going to be quite as dynamic as it was before. So they need their defense to at least be average, and I don't know if they'll be that this year. Yeah. For me, I'm going to put the Broncos and Chargers tied at the top right now, and it's because the, and we got Claude coming in first, uh, go Broncos with the stars. Thank you so much, Claude, for supporting us. And you guys make sure, I know it's been kind of hard for people to get those Russell Wilson jerseys, but make sure you're getting in the stars and the YouTube super chats for your chance to win a raffle and win a jersey of your choice. Probably Russell Wilson. Um, but uh, make sure you're getting those in like uh, Claude has done so far today. Uh, thank you so much. Go Broncos. I'm going to put the Broncos on the Chargers tied. And this is something that a lot of people are, Sometimes I think fans are, and this is, you know, you're right as a fan, but sometimes people just want to crap on rival teams in your division just to crap on them. And I don't, I'm not really, I don't get off on that at all. I'd, I'd rather talk about the facts and have a more academic discussion about these teams. And a year ago, the Chargers had a choice of Brandon Staley coming in to either completely revamp the defense personnel, personnel wise, going from Gus Bradley's cover three to uh, Brandon. Brandon Staley's uh, match quarters, which is night and day difference in what you're mm -hmm. asked to do uh, personnel wise or protect Justin Herbert going from what was the 32nd ranked pass blocking offensive line and the 31st ranked run blocking offensive line. So two years ago, what's the, and it's an obvious choice in hindsight, I think yep. protect the quarterback because that's your franchise. Brandon Staley, uh, we'll get you your defenses pieces eventually, but right now we got to protect Herbert. They still got work to do on the right side of their line for the, over in uh, Los Angeles, but this season, they went after pieces on that defense. Joseph Sheldon Day, Austin Johnson, Khalil Mack, J.C. Jackson. I mean, that's a pretty darn good defense. Derwin James is still there. They have their first-round pick still that could be a defensive player. So I think we're, people are like, oh, the Chargers' defense run defense was terrible last year. It was. They had Kenneth Murray playing edge at some points last year. It was it was bad. They didn't yeah. have the personnel for it. They spent money to get it right. And if we've seen anything from uh, – the Raiders. I mean, they were a laughing stock defense just two years ago. They threw money at it and they had an average defense last year. And mm -hmm. average is good enough on defense. Honestly, if you have a good enough offense, the Bengals, terrible defense for years and years. They threw some money at it. Quick turnaround. Last year, I think they were top 10 in EPA per play uh, for defense. So I think that Chargers defense is going to be right there with the Broncos. Broncos, I think the Broncos had the best secondary depth. That's probably the thing that makes them stand out the most. I just have a really hard time trusting the edge rushers for the Broncos. And I know you can say that about Cleo Mack and Joey Bosa too, but those guys top end healthy are obviously better than Randy Gregory and Bradley Chubb healthy. Yep. So it's close uh, between those two. I give us, I guess I give a slight but, lean to the Broncos just slightly, well, but Lawrence whatever. Rivera comes in with a good comment here. This might sway your opinion. Yep. How hard will our defense be affected losing Fangio? Not going to lie. He had a good defensive mind. It's going to be part of it. That being said, at the same time, you have the, counterswing to that one where Broncos have an offense for the first time in six, seven seasons where opponent opposing offenses actually have to respect them and try to put up points. You saw it in the Bengals right. game last year. The Bengals were turning over the ball like one, one and a half times per game uh, coming into that Denver game. And then they came up against Denver. Like we're not going to do seven step drops. We're not going to do anything because your offense isn't going to do anything against us. So why are we going to play aggressively? We're going to play super conservative suffer ball against you and think that your offense can't keep up. Right. Bet. Good bet. That's a smart call on your part. So this year, the, the opposing offenses are actually going to have to 
put their self, put themselves in a little bit of a bind, hopefully trying to play keep up with that Broncos offense a little more, putting the Broncos defense in better advantageous situations to take away the football, to get after the quarterback, to create splash defensive plays rather than the bend don't break all the time. So definitely a factor, no doubt about that. And I, I was calculating that in there. If Fangio was here, I'd say Dem- Denver probably in far and away number one uh, defense. But Giro Evero, he seems brilliant, uh, but yeah. he's an unknown. And it's a, definitely an unknown because the first time defensive coordinator. So I've thought about this one. I think the Bron- everybody's, you know, offensive arm race in the AFC West, what might make or break the AFC West and who wins? Best offensive line, best defense. And if you can get one of those two, you got you to definitely, obviously, <laughs> obviously have a better chance of winning the division. So who's three and four for you then? I will probably go Chiefs three just because I really like Steve Spagnuolo. Uh, I think he does a really good job there, and I like Justin Reed a lot. I know they missed a bunch this offseason, and I don't think they have a very good cornerback, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Chiefs traded for James Bradbury or brought in like a Stephon Gilmore still as well with that cap space they created. I don't think they're quite done yet. Um, yeah. They need another cornerback as well, and they have two first-round picks, um, which both could go to the defensive side of the ball as well. So, good point. Um, that's something I am considering. Uh, Phil McLaughlin coming in here. Evening, Nick and Carl and Scott. Oh, and thank you very much for the stars and support, Phil. We appreciate you. Uh, thanks for keeping all of Bronco country informed and educated. Hashtag MHH for life. Hashtag let's ride. Well, Phil, thank you for supporting us. And thank you for being a consistent uh, voice and contributor and just supporter in general for our show. We appreciate the heck out of you. It means a lot. Yeah. Thank you, Phil. Really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. We also got Dave Millage in the house, liked and in evening all. I think a lot of people are getting in with the uh, the snow <laughs> right now. Robert Caslow's in the house. What's up, Broncos country? Brian Dunn also. Hey, Nick and Carl and country. <laughs> I like that. Um, <laughs> Dylan saying you should get the f- fresh fade there, Carl. What do you think? That's, I'm waiting for the monkey tail still. I know. It, I am planning on getting the fade. That's what I got there in the Dominican, and uh, I actually kind of liked it. My kids mm-hmm. liked it, so what the family wants, the family gets. And the monkey tail, what you guys want, you guys get. So sometime this off season, I promise you, the monkey tail will be there. Oh God. Do you, are you just not going to tell us? We're just going to show up and be like, Oh my yep. is this happening? Okay. Awesome. Annette's in the house. We always like to say hello to our mile high huddle ladies. Uh, hello to you, Annette as well. Good to see you. Uh, young hog 806 coming in. Howdy everyone. I always say young hog and I see that star and I think, Oh man, we got the Cowboys fans in here, but it's, <laughs> it's not that I don't know. I don't know what it is exactly. Again, thumbnails like the size of a hay penny on our screen, but, uh, Hello to you, young hog. My guest is in the house. What's up, Broncos country? Good to see you. Greg Smith. Greg Smith. Aloha. Awesome to see you, Greg. KB82, our own Kenneth Booker, of course. Hey, what's up, fellas? Is it true that Javante had trouble with his reads last season? Uh, what do you make of this, Carl? Yes. I mean, and, and most rookies do. They're, they're going to have times where they hit the wrong hole. I think of one of the, the big ones always stuck out in my mind was he uh, missed an easy hole in the middle of the field on a goal line run, kicked it straight outside. Ended up, they had a holding penalty. So what he ended up scoring a touchdown, but the holding penalty canceled it out. But he missed the hole. That, that that was the main thing. He made a play, which is great. And there was a lot of his plays where the guy just makes a play because he's great. But he would be so much better if he could get better with those reads. Now, thankfully, with the, the outside zone, there it leads to some easier reads. Uh, in certain circumstances, I guess I should say. But um, so I think he could thrive in being able to make some reads with this system and just being second year in the NFL. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, he is a great player. And and despite having this struggle this last year, he still made some of the best plays of the season. Yeah, and struggle is relative, obviously. Like we're yeah. always going to critique. There's going to be plays where Russell Wilson makes a bad read. Guess what? We're going to call a bad read when it is. It doesn't make him a bad player. But last year, Devonta Williams was pretty boomer bust. He had a lot of tackles that were considered run stuffs that were his fault uh, for not reading the hole, for not getting downhill. Uh, some of that might be there's a reason Javante Williams, you know, went. Well, what pick was he? Pick 43, uh, 30, I think he might actually might have been 36. It was yeah. the Falcons pick. So maybe Scott knows because uh, we traded up with the Falcons <laughs> to get him. But um, there are some like he doesn't really have incredible burst downhill ability. You know, he's not that kind of guy. It's not like Adrian Peterson where, uh, you know, he gets his foot down and boom and gone. Uh, but I think it's something that can be better this season. And I think the biggest thing for him that's going to help him this year is that the Broncos last year faced more stacked boxes than any team in football. And this year, that's probably not going to be the case with Russell Wilson, especially because Russell Wilson 
against, uh, I guess, against trends against the average quarterback starting in the league, doesn't use the middle of the field as much as a passing quarterback, especially the short middle of the field. So that means teams are probably going to vacate that area, leaving room for Javonta Williams, Mike Boone, or whoever else the Broncos bring in at running back. So yeah. uh, definitely should be a little bit easier sledding for them. Also, hopefully that means more Javonta Williams getting to the second level. And when he gets to the second level, <laughs> oh buddy get your popcorn <laughs> oh, it yeah. is fun to watch talk about the angry runs we are hopefully gonna have a few more of those this year and we also got roy osborne coming in saying hey guys i'm glad i'm here but i'm watching on the radar Ooh, all right or he's watching the radar uh having been having tornadoes and funnel clouds Ooh. with 16 mile an hour winds and golf ball sized hail i'll watch as long as i can roy you must be somewhere in the midwest i know that i think i saw that iowa is having some severe weather there and i think i think i remember him saying he's a hawkeye fan as well so uh I don't yeah. know. Carl, are you blowing away where you're at? Oh yeah. We, we've got like 70 mile per hour winds going right now. So, and it's been that way almost every, we've had like two days of in the last eight that have not been this kind of wind. And uh, so I, I watched my trampoline try to go over my fence and I ran outside with, uh, with hook downs and trying to keep this thing on, in our backyard as much as I possibly could. So it, it's been quite the ride lately. Yeah, that's a, uh... Not great. Uh, it's volatile. It's been such a crazy winter, or I guess spring so far. Kevin Gray coming in. Hi, Carl and Nick. Let's ride Denver Broncos for life. Uh, we also got Dan coming in, fighting the good fight. Let's get Carl Mecklenburg in the NFL Hall of Fame. It's his time now. That'd be great. Um, Michael Ronquillo coming in saying, good evening, Broncos country. Go Broncos. Good to see you again, Michael. We saw you yesterday as well. Billy's in the house. Hello, Broncos country. Bronco Billy. Good to see you. And uh, Jeremy, good evening, Broncos country. Great to see. Great to see. Todd's also in the house. A lot of old, uh, you guys aren't old, but names that we recognize. Good to see you, Todd. Ernie Mays also in the house. Uh, great to see you. And uh, let's get into it, Carl. Um, Broncos are back. Broncos are officially yeah. back. It, yes, starting yesterday, but they're back. And we had a little bit of a, I guess, your, your general thoughts about Broncos being back and what you're kind of looking for at this very limited uh, kickoff portion, which is OTAs. Well, it's it's mostly just the team building chemistry. You know, when you've got new coaches, new quarterback, it, it's all about these guys just getting to know each other. You know, the the physical stuff of going out there, running around a little bit, that, that's not going to be that big of a deal. And, and a lot of these guys come from similar systems of, you know, how they're going to play on the offense and defense. And so I don't think there's going to be as much worry about playbook and, and things like that. Uh, so I, I think they're all going to get on the same page real quick, but again, this is just about building that chemistry. And so like hearing Justin Simmons talk about how Nathaniel Hackett got up there and was talking about birthdays and who just had babies and who just got married and, you know, those kind of things. Like he's just making sure that these guys are recognized. It just means a little something to him, you know, that this guy cares about us personally. Yeah. And, and so it's nice to see him putting in that kind of effort to, to let them know, Hey, I'm here for you. And, uh, and so that, that would be my biggest things or one of my biggest things right now of just seeing this team build that chemistry because they're gonna have to build it quick. You know, week one, it sounds like Broncos are probably going to get a primetime game. And so they're going to be playing a good team and you can't start kind of behind everybody else with that first loss. You got to be ready to hit the ground running. Yeah, no, definitely. It's, it just sounds like it's kind of just a feeling out process right now uh, for the Broncos in general, all these guys getting to know each other, new coaching staff, et cetera, et cetera. It was great to see. Um, and I take more in stock of who the Broncos put out first and who they, who actually are the faces rather than what those people say. Cause a lot of it is right. You know, media ger generated right. storylines, you know, Oh, have you worked hard this offseason? No. Oh, yeah. We've worked really hard. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, I did a lot of softball questions. Yeah. And yeah. again, just these guys, especially the first two that spoke, uh, which was today in Cortland Sutton and Justin Simmons, extremely intelligent, extremely well-spoken. I don't want to say calculated because that sounds almost maniacal, uh, but like they're not saying they're not misstepping at all with their words and their thoughts. So first off um, hats off to the Broncos for putting those two, two guys first to come out one on the defense, one on the offensive side of the ball, both. I mean, Broncos country can be proud about having those two guys on your team. Good. Not only good players, but Good people, intelligent. I mean, God, just the whole package. Uh, so Cortland Sutton coming out first today and thought it was really interesting. He talked about how 
it's he thinks it's similar to when Peyton Manning walked into the building uh, in Denver right now because of the expectations and the demand and the intensity. Everything's been ratcheted up multiple gears. And it's not that people in the past have been not working hard enough, but the expectation and demand is higher now. And they're all holding each other accountable about uh, getting that much better as well because the intensity and the expectations have risen up as well. And that's no discredit to Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. Um, he said that himself, but I mean, you have Russell Wilson here now. I mean, yep. everybody's demanding more out of each other. So um, he's excited about that and uh, sounds like he's feeling pretty good as well. Healthy. Uh, obviously it was not a hundred percent to kick off last season, but trusting his leg more and more and excited to see him. Also, he said that Russell Wilson, one of the things I thought was pretty funny is Russell Wilson. They've talked a bit. They didn't talk for a few days after the trade, um, but Russell Wilson, he's like, man, big FaceTime dude, that Russell Wilson. So I'm guessing he's on his phone all the time. You know, yeah, he's everywhere. Yeah. I mean, I've seen him at multiple Nuggets games, Rockies games. And then, of course, that he's right there at his own home, throwing the football different times to different receivers. Uh, and so, I mean, that guy is busy. I, I I can't believe how much he can fit in a day, but he, I think he talks that he only sleeps like four or five hours a night, something like yeah. that. He's up at like four thirty in the morning, getting ready to go, and just that's just how he functions. And yeah. some people can do that. You know, it's not recommended for most by by doctors out there. So I don't recommend anybody trying to follow in the the RW three way of life. You know, the TB twelve way of life, you know, all those kind of things. But uh, all right, well, we got Tom Lockoff coming in here with a $5.499 super chat. Says, what's up, guys? Broncos are back. Just need an edge rusher, offensive tackle, cornerback just for depth. Wilson just makes everybody around him better. And and you're right. I mean, that that's just it. The whole room amps up when you know that you have a quarterback. Yeah. Going into the season when you know that you probably don't have the quarterback – the odds of you having a successful season are just so limited. Yeah. You know, you, you are razor thin. It's kind of like that 2015 season where the Broncos had to one, have just an elite defense. They had to stay healthy. They had to have a few bounces go their way. And the offense had to do just a few enough plays to, to actually keep a defense honest. Yeah. And that was enough for them to, to make the playoffs. Then obviously go on their great run, win the Super Bowl, But, but, it's amazing to think of that season and how well everything just went the Broncos way. Yeah. I mean, that was a horseshoe up our rear end kind of season. I mean, yeah. Jamal Charles fumbling that ball, the CJ Anderson touchdown, uh, Antonio Brown getting his bell rung to not play in that AFC divisional round game. I mean, just, you know what? Sometimes it's better. And I won't say the Bron Broncos were lucky. They good teams take advantage of opportunities when they present right. themselves. And they, they were did. a great team. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, but that was a, definitely a, a team where you, you hit it. The margin was razor thin. Um, and sometimes, especially in a single elim elimination tournament, uh, just get in and things happen. So that was awesome. Uh, God, that was great. I sound like a, what's his Chris Farley's character. You remember that time Broncos won the Super Bowl? That was awesome. Um, <laughs> Lawrence Rivera. I'd really want to know if you think players will start to take advantage of Hackett's kindness. Ooh, a little talk about heinous coming in here. It worries me. Everyone thinks of him as a friend and not really that fear that boss, usually has hmm i this is really hard for me to say um for us it's thank you for for your support lawrence um it's going to depend on relationship to relationship player to player and ebbs and flows in the season as long i think in my personal opinion as long as he is authentically himself and the results are there you can be a multitude of different personalities um uh, as long as there is respect and communication between the players and the coach um right. and trust um uh, so, I mean, like Bill Belichick, could Bill Belichick enter the league right now with how he pretty curmudgeonly, curmudgeonly and without, you know, Tom Brady there at quarterback and succeed long term? Great coach. But I mean, who knows, right? Like things could be totally different. So it's definitely a different kind of coach. Some players might be looking to take advantage of that. But that's where you hope that you have enough leaders in your locker room that can say like, hey, like. You are not really getting in that last rep there. You're not really, you know, rounding off your routes there, blah, blah, blah. Unacceptable. We have different expectations here. And if, you know, do you think the coach isn't going to say something to you? I am. I'm going to say yeah. something to you. So uh, right. you need some accountability from all aspects. Maybe there'll be a few players that, you know, don't try as hard because Nathaniel Hackett's their buddy or something. Like that. But I don't think everybody, especially Gen Z, is motivated by fear. You know, some yeah. of it, it's the relatability. Like I'm, 
some of my best bosses are ones that I get to sit down with and talk with. And it's not because I, uh, I fear them. It's, I want to make them proud, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. Like I don't want to disappoint them. So uh, I, I don't, I don't have that viewpoint at all. Really Lawrence. And you know, again, he's not the only coach on the staff. Yeah. So that's kind of the nice thing is you got him nice mix. You got Bill Kolar. That's going to be yelling top of his lungs, cussing out people. And so there's going to be other guys that are going to be there to help fill in the gaps there that maybe he is lacking a little bit in that area. I, I understand this a little bit because I mean, I coach and I'm one of those guys that players could take advantage of. And so I try to have an assistant coach that is a little bit of the opposite. Um, so like, okay, my wife is not an unkind person, but she will get after people if they're getting after me. Like she does not like when she sees people taking advantage of me and she'll get after the the kids on the team and say, no, this is not okay. And so then they know, okay, coach, coach Jody doesn't allow this. <laughs> and so again, you, you've got a mixture of all these different people that are going to be a part of keeping everybody accountable in the whole system. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's not just Nathaniel Hackett. There are many coaches out there. Um, so it's, you know, you like uh, Scott says in the comments here, you need good cop, bad cop. Um, but every single player is different. And I think that's something that we're going to find out about Nathaniel Hackett, the head coach. But one thing I think we can say without a doubt is that he goes above and beyond making personal relationships with each player and learning about these players. And I think that goes a long way. Um, so that's, that's super important in my opinion. And uh, <laughs> for in my, in my personal life. And I think it's probably important for a lot of these players as well. I mean, they're about most of these guys, this is going to upset me now. Most of these kids are younger than me. Now, if I'm filling out these <laughs> rosters, I'd be, they'd be looking to cut me. If I was uh -huh. a quarterback, I just turned 30. Oh, you're worthless now, Nick. Um, yep. That's the joke. I was always worthless. Um, Tom coming in, no DK talking about DK Metcalf. We have young cost controlled effective group. Yeah. I mean, I don't think the Broncos are going to be interested in looking in uh, DK Metcalf. I get the chemistry is a big thing there, but he's kind of a, He's a different kind of player, but it's a little bit redundant skill set to Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton, who you just restructured their contracts to keep them here. So I don't think that's the type of player that you are looking at here. Now, if Tyler Lockett was available for super cheap and uh, you could fit him in the cap, that one would interest me more. That kind of skill set. Um, that's maybe maybe that's redundant to KJ Hamler. KJ Hamler's got to get on the field. Uh, so that's that's something that interests me a little bit more. But DK, especially when you have to pay him like almost right after in lining up with when you're going to pay Russell Wilson. Ah, I don't know. Probably not for me. Probably yeah. not for me. Well, it, it was kind of brought up because I, I think somebody on ESPN said that DK should go to the Broncos because that's the perfect match for him. And I'm going one, like you said, contract. He's going to want something big coming up. Broncos don't have the money with paying Russell Wilson to make it happen. Two, they don't have the draft capital to make the tra trade actually happen. And yeah. three, you're sacrificing one of your other young superstar players to get DK on the field. Now, now DK is a great player. Don't get me wrong. I'd love to have him on the Broncos, but I just... I'd rather see other things added to this team that I think be a bigger help than DK at this point. Yeah. And so Tom, I mean, you're right. No DK. We're good. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just to bring a tear to your eye, Carl, I guess, I guess Albert Pujols just went yard for his first home run Ooh. as a Cardinals in uh, 3,800 <laughs> days. Also, Nolan Arenado defending NL uh, player of the week just went yard again as well. So uh, he's been red hot. We're red hot up in here as well, guys. Uh, Kayleon Green's in the house. Yo, how you doing, Kayleon? Sorry to tease you uh, Colorado Rocky fans in here. You guys, I'm, I cheer for the Rockies too. Now, it's going to be weird cheering for Chris Bryant, though, because a little secret to you guys, I'm not really much of a, I like to tease Nebraska fans. I absolutely actually do hate the Cubs. Like, I actually, <laughs> I actually hate them. Yeah. So, uh, God, I hate them. <laughs> um, but uh, we'll keep it going here. Kayleon, I want to say hello to you. Uh, Carl, before you zoom in on it, what is Kayleon's picture of? Is it a, a dog? <laughs> okay, that's what Scott said this morning, too. It's him puffing a, uh, a cigar. Oh, uh, okay. Just, you can see that now. Yeah. Um, it's a cool picture, but uh, just we, we had a hard time this morning. Um, Kayleon changed his picture on us. We couldn't tell. Um, the other guy who spoke today at, with the press conference for the Broncos, Justin Simmons, and I thought he had some pretty interesting conversation uh, talking points here um, where he said, you know, the last few years – it's been about the defense and we're going to keep that this still about the defense in here. Um, you know, where it's about us shutting out defense wins champions, maybe some cliches like that, but uh, really a lot of the talk for him was, you know, we're not going to take a step back anymore just because Russell Wilson is in here that if anything, we are more, more motivated now to be a defensive first team because that's what we've been. And we want to stay that way here. Um, even though Russell Wilson's here. So it's, I, I like it. It's the gauntlet being thrown down and some friendly competition, 
between the defense and offense already kind of kicking off here. Great. I know they're not really scrimmaging against each other yet. They're kind of, you know, it's conditioning, it's film work, et cetera. It's, it's install, blah, blah, blah. But already Justin Simmons, like, you know what? You're, you're in here, but this, this is still a <laughs> Denver defense team. I'm yeah. the leader over here. We're going to push you guys back. And and no, that that's great. You, you hope those two feed off of each other and you hope that the, the defense that you're playing on as an offense is one of the best defenses you'll play all year that you're playing in practice and, and vice versa. So uh, that, that helps you to grow. That helps you to go against the best every single day. And so then you get to the game and you're like, oh my gosh, this guy, he's nothing compared to what I have to go against with Cortland Sutton every day. And, and a lot of, for a lot of these defensive guys, it's kind of nice. Also, you finally get featured. Mm-hmm. You're, you're finally going to have national media paying attention to what you're doing. Like a Draymond Jones might actually get his name out there. He's been playing like a top 10 defensive lineman in the NFL, but nobody ever talks about him with that, those top guys out there. And, you know, looking at, at Justin Simmons for safety, <laughs> he's not usually mentioned among the top safeties, even though he's been playing like top safety. You know, there, there's been a few times he's gotten his name mentioned, but usually they kind of go East coast, West coast guys, and he kind of gets ignored there. So we got Tabitha coming in with some stars. Really appreciate that Tabitha and great. I think it's a family picture there. That's what it looks like. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Absolutely. And then we got Gary Leeds Palmer coming in saying, I don't think Hackett would be where he is if he was a pushover. I just respect Peyton too much to think that he wouldn't have looked into that aspect of coaching. I will yeah. say, I do think there are some GMs that hire coaches that are a pushover that just do whatever they tell them to do just because they like to have that, all that power of not only being GM, but pretty much kind of running the coaching staff, running the entire team. I, I don't think Peyton's that way. I think he cares much more about winning than he does about, about control. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Also, all these guys' job for as good as Peyton has done recently, uh, there's got to be a little bit of a, maybe a, uh, gosh, how do I put it? Heightened sense of, not fear, but just alertness because there's new ownership coming in here at some point. And, yeah. you know, what you've done, it doesn't really matter that. I mean, it matters a bit, but new expectations, new ownership, new eyes coming in, different ideas. You better darn well be working well and have a good vision and going the direction that this ownership wants. Because even though we'd all agree, I think George Payton's done a phenomenal job. And if the Broncos did move on from him, he'd be scooped up by somebody like that. Uh, but, Again, new expectations, new ownership, that that changes the dynamic. So we'll see how that looks. Uh, Gary coming in. Uh, did you already read Gary Leeds Palmer? Um, yep. You did? Okay. Thank you so much, Gary. I agree with you uh, totally about uh, Hackett. Also, I think because of Hackett is so relatable, I think you'd have no issue cussing somebody out. Like, are, are you a bleeping idiot? You know, like stepbrother style. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm burying you right now. Like, are you kidding me? So uh, I think he's going to be able to communicate with these kids as well. And I think the way he's going to be able to communicate too you need to have active listeners to learn, right? And Carl, I know you deal with, you know, youth groups and stuff all the time dealing with kids. If uh, you're yelling or, you know, the kids don't respect you, they're not listening. They're not going to retain that information. So I think Hackett, you know, being able to get on their level and talk with them, I think is going to be big for them. So I'm not, I'm not super worried about that. Him being a pushover or not. I think at the end of the day, if he knows what he's doing, it's also, it's different between college and NFL. These guys, you know, it's talking about guys who have like families and whatnot and, working for millions of dollars, it's not college. It's not high school. You know, it's not like you don't, it's urban Meyer going there. It's totally from college to NFL, totally different game. Uh, these are professionals. So it's, I think it's a little bit less of an issue at this level with these professionals, with these men playing football than it would be at high school, college level. Yeah. I was going to say, I think more than anything, getting yelled at for the entire season would wear on them more than having a guy that's there to encourage and build back up and, you know, talk to them and, uh, you know, talk through their, their issues that they're going through. I think of, uh, like Noah Fant last year, maybe he did have some coaches that he connected with that he could talk through what he was going through, but I just kind of imagine what, what, what would have happened if Nathaniel Hackett was here and could have helped him through some of those things, you know, maybe because he, he did, he struggled this last year there's no getting around that, but personal life affects us in the, the professional world. It just does. And, uh, and so I, I just kind of wonder how much that could have helped him, you know, and maybe that'll be where Carol helps him there in, in Seattle. I don't know. Yeah, that is a good thing. A uh, good point though. 
Um, somebody said it in here. Jay, good point from Jay. Uh, Hackett will have to get Russell Wilson to incorporate the tight ends more, but it won't happen overnight. Okay, well, that didn't go where I thought it was going, actually. Good point, Jay, but um, the one thing Hackett does have to do is he has to get buy-in from his quarterback but above everything else because if the quarterback is not bought into him, head coach isn't going to be here very long. Quarterback has much better staying power than the head coach. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know how much this is dirty secret, but there is no... It's no secret that Peyton Manning had a large impact on moving on from John Fox after that 2014 season. Very large, very large push from number 18 there. So yeah. uh, if Russell Wilson doesn't get along with Nathaniel Hackett or doesn't think he's doing what's best for Russell Wilson and the Broncos to win, then Hackett probably won't be long for the job. I mean, that's just the reality of it. The, again, we talked about the expectations changing. This isn't a team that's, you know, drafting a Kenny Pickett and then having this year like, oh, let's see if he kind of gets it together, blah, blah, blah. We're going to kick the can down the road with all this cap control. And, you know, we'll see where it's going. Young quarterback, young head coach. No, that Super Bowl contention right now. You need to be ready to go right now. There's no redshirt season. You're this Russell Wilson is going to be a year older. Next year is going to be more expensive than next year. Yada, yada, yada. So time to go now. If Hackett doesn't jive with Russell Wilson, which again, don't think that's happening we're just talking hypotheticals here but that's the one thing that does concern me as far as an unknown he does have to have buy-in from russell wilson without a doubt so question for you with this would russell wilson accept the trade with the broncos if he didn't think hackett would be a great coach for him like do you, do, I, I think part of maybe bringing him in is with that idea of we want to get a quarterback that is going to work well with him um and and I think knowing Russell Wilson, how much research he does, I'm guessing he called a lot of players that have worked with Nathaniel Hackett and said, hey, how is this guy? How is he going to be to work with on a daily basis? Yeah, that's that's a great point as well. Uh, but that being said, you know, it's all hypothetical right now. And I think Nathaniel Hackett coming here, being one of the better offensive minds in this draft, uh, in this coaching cycle, helps the Broncos without a doubt. I also think that his outside zone scheme and his propensity to use the RPO uh, to work the quick outs is something that Russell Wilson can do to, I think, extend his career uh, mm -hmm. because the quick passing game, since he doesn't use the middle of the field, probably has to do it more so with the, uh, the outs, the quick outs, et cetera, et cetera. So that's part of what Nathaniel Hackett can bring. No doubt. That being said, let's say this is a very tough AFC. It's a very tough AFC West. Let's say a year and a half from now, the Broncos haven't lived up to expectation. Who's the guy who's getting the ax? Yep. Is it Russell Wilson? Is it George Payton? Is it Nathaniel Hackett? Seems pretty obvious to me who the, the guy probably on the way out would be in that situation. Right. Oh, oh, you're right. I mean, winning covers a lot of of issues within a team. If you're winning, a lot of people can still be happy. I, I've seen diva wide receivers. They can't really say much when the team's winning. The second they start losing, boom, their mouths open up real quick. Uh, you know, I think of like a keep to leap. When the Broncos were winning, he is such a great player to have on your team. Once the Broncos started losing, all of a sudden, boom, you'd hear of where the, the defense would be talking in the locker room and somebody on the offense would speak up and Tlaib would say, you know what? Shut up. You're not doing anything. Like, And that's just Tlaib. And and so, again, that, that does play into it. You're right. If they're winning, Hackett, everybody's going to be happy. If they're losing, somebody's going to have to be blamed. And you're right. Hackett's probably the first guy that's going to be pointed at. Yeah. Again, we're this is way too negative because right now everything's sunshine and rainbows and we should be yep. really excited about the Broncos. But uh, things could go off the rails and you kind of have to talk about those things. So I see we have some tight end uh, discussion going on here in the chat. Uh, before we pivot to that, though, any final thoughts on OTAs right now? I Again, not a lot gleaned from the press conferences today other than also Justin Simmons mentioned Russell Wilson likes to FaceTime. So I'm waiting for my call. Um, he, I'm any minute yeah. now he could call me and we can get him on the show here. I'll put him up here. Um, but, uh, expectations are sky high. I also like the Broncos, you know, last year, the few years ago, I think it was 2015 season when they were going to the Super Bowl. they had the motto, uh, iron sharpens iron, uh, this year it's win the West and God bless. <laughs> if you can win the West, you are a Super Bowl contender. Anything can yep. happen in the tournament, you know, but if you can win the West, you can beat anybody. So that would be great. Um, love it. And really excited to see more and more. I'm curious to see. Actually, first question, who are the Broncos going to put out tomorrow for press conferences? If they will, who are the players? And I'm expecting one offense and one defense. 
Chat, you let us know as well. Who do you think? So we had Cortland Sutton and Justin Simmons today. All right, Who do you think so is going to be out there talking tomorrow? I would say Tim Patrick because he's another good interview. And man, who else would there be? Draymond Jones, maybe. Because I think he's becoming a, a pretty big leader in the locker room. Uh, or Bradley Chubb. I'll go Bradley Chubb because I think they really want to get his face out there. I think they're really planning on him being a big impact player this season. Yeah, for sure. And I see some people saying Wilson. That seems like an obvious one. I think they probably won't put him out there because then it becomes more uh, hoopla uh, than the press conference probably should be. But maybe it's Wilson. I personally think it's going to be Dalton Reisner for one of them, a veteran face on the offensive line, somebody entering a contract year as well. And somebody who has, I think in the past, been more of the the vocal leader, the face of the offensive line, if you will. Um, and the other side, I, I was going to be happy because we're going to have two different people. Um, but I agree with you. I think Bradley Chubb is the other one. Um, Sertan is also another one, but I'm curious if Sertan would balk at the opportunity because he's kind of a little bit more of the the quiet assassin type. Yep. That, that's what I was thinking as well. Javante Williams is another that I think he he does interviews. It's not his favorite thing by any means. Uh, yeah. Josie Jewell, I think that's a good name to throw out there. I think he does well getting in front of the microphones. So I could see him. Yep, Chubb and Patrick, that, those would be my choices. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, like you said, who they keep putting out there for these different days. and um, Because the, it, it is calculated, for mm-hmm. sure. So pay, pay attention to that part of it more than maybe what the players are even saying. Yep, absolutely. And we're getting back to uh, Angel coming in here saying... Uh, might have we still a need for a dominant tight end like Shannon, and we are good. Our defense is good with maybe another really good cornerback. And a little bit of talk about the tight end position here. Personally, for me, I don't think that the tight end is going to make or break the offense. I'm much more interested in, honest to God, I'd rather bring in another really good running back. It's great. Mm-hmm. Who am I? Nick Kendall talking about the running back position like that. But I think I'd honestly rather bring in another really good running back than I would a tight end out of the class here. Um, I really like a lot of the day three options at tight end. I'd be about that, but I don't think the Broncos need a dominant tight end. Russell Wilson, like we've mentioned multiple times now, you can look up his heat map. I can give you guys a link. Hit me up on Twitter of where he utilizes the field. And a lot of times it's not over the middle of the field with the quick pass game. And he does not really utilize the tight end in comparison to other quarterbacks across the league. So maybe that's one reason the Broncos were a little bit more willing to move on from a Noah fan because he has less value when you bring in a Russell Wilson than, you know, let's say you brought in Kirk Cousins or who knows. Uh, so I don't think you need to overspend on the tight end. That being said, I am curious to see the usage of their top two tight ends this season. Albert Okwebenam, uh, obviously a really good athlete at the tight end, big body, but is he a good enough run blocker right now where teams have to play you like you're playing 11 personnel or are teams going to be playing you in dime because he's so, so anemic as a run blocker that they're just going to say, we're going to treat him like a wide receiver. Yeah. Is that, is that a concern? Um, also you have Eric Tomlinson coming in. Uh, are you going to essentially treat him like another offensive lineman uh, because he's that poor of a pass catcher, a passing threat. So again, I don't think it's make or break for this offense to be, uh, to get in a better tight end option, I'd be fine rolling with what they have this season. Heck, bringing Kyle Rudolph, uh, round out the floor, raise the floor of that room, good to go. Have no issues with that at all. If one yeah. falls to you in the draft you like, that's great. But I, I think that we are, even though the tight end is probably the worst, like Scott and I did a grading the Broncos offense and defense by positions. Um, two weeks ago, we did the offense, and I think we gave the tight ends a D plus. But you need to think about that as like the tight ends being a pop quiz. You know, let's say that's worth, 2% of your grade. You got a D plus on that, but then your offensive line, your wide receivers, even your running backs and your quarterback make up a vast majority of the grade. Don't sweat that you did bad on a pop quiz because right. it's not what's going to make up most of your grade. That's how I feel about the tight end position for this Broncos team. Yeah, you, you're right. I, I worry more about it, like you said, in the run game. How How is mm-hmm. that going to affect the run game? Especially then if you're throwing Jerry Judy out there as well as a blocker. Now, both those guys, Albert Okwebenam and Jerry Judy, being there at that outside edge spot where you're trying to hit and get up field. If they can't hold up their block, we're in trouble. Yep. That, that, that could really make or break this offense. And, and we saw this last year, Noah Fant. He's not a great blocker either. He had his struggles. He was very up and down. Uh, and there, there's a few plays that it was going to turn into a great play. Like it was open field. If Noah Fant makes his block, 
and he would just whiff. Yeah. And and so again, one person can destroy a play. One person yeah. can make a play. So it, it's I, I like Alberto. I do, and I think he can improve in that area. And I hope that's what he's focused on this offseason, saying, I know we're gonna be running towards the tight end position. I have to be there to hold my block. I have to actually do a good job here. And if I can, he can get himself a nice contract because he is a good receiving tight end. He's better than I thought he'd be as a receiving tight end coming out of college. You know, he's not just a straight line guy. He's actually got some some ability to make some plays, uh, making some cuts. And uh, so, but like I said, this could make or break how the, the running game can really take off for the Broncos. Yeah, I agree with you on that. And just the tight end in this offense, it's going to be, I think, more so about dictating defensive personnel. And we can thank Fangio and Staley for this, but teams are playing nickel and dime more than ever, and they're giving a middle finger to whatever offensive personnel you're going in. There's only one team in the NFL right now that could uh, that makes teams... I guess there's two because you have Derrick Henry. Um, he pretty <laughs> much makes teams play to base defense, but the 49ers are the other one. And that only requires having one of the best schemers in football, the best tight end, uh, probably the best blocking tight end in football and the best fullback in football to make it all work. Guess what? You don't have any of those things, Denver. So uh, I don't think that's really going to be a, a game plan, a, a mimicable, a game plan you can copy for the Broncos here. I'd throw out another one, Baltimore, just because oh, yeah, they love to live in the tight end sets. Yep. Yeah. Baltimore's one. The Eagles are another, and we saw it last year with the Broncos when those teams made them play base. It was not so pretty. Uh, mm-hmm. So definitely interesting there. I'm really curious to see the evolution of the defenses. Is this going to make teams go back to a little bit more gun it, uh, you know, kind of the old pass action, play, uh, play action, deep passes, maybe even more running quarterback value with the empty boxes, having to pull guys in who knows it's going to be fun. Uh, Lawrence Rivera, who is that player for us this year? We need that to lead player again. Are you talking about somebody being a dog? Like just kind of a, uh, I think, I think that's what he's talking about there. Probably Kareem Jackson. It's going to be that guy. He's kind of known as a tenacious player. Um, so I'll, I'll call it Kareem Jackson. As far as making a big play though, uh, to leave kind of had a propensity to make a big play. I'm thinking Patrick Sertan is going to be a money player this year. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll say Bradley Chubb just because this last year, <laughs> he just, he did not, he did not look right. Obviously with his injuries and everything else, He's a guy that just has to step up and just be that alpha player on the field. I mean, you took him number five overall to be a top tier pass rusher. And after his rookie year, you're kind of going, okay, he had 10 and a half sacks, looking really good, looking really strong, you know, just needs to work on a little bit of his edge ability that uh, in the run game, because a lot of times he took an inside lane when he shouldn't have opened up a lot of outside runs. Uh, and I was like, man, okay, this guy's setting himself up for a really good career. And then obviously the injury started showing up. So this is that year. He has to really show himself to be that alpha player on the on the defense for the Broncos to me. Yeah, no, that's a that's a good call as well. Just who's going to be that tenacious kind of crazy guy out there is uh, something that we're looking for. Cream <laughs> Jackson fits that mold for me. Yeah, but we'll see. Um, he is definitely a dog and maybe we'll see some more guys step up here uh, over time. Kevin coming in with the 499 Super. Thank you very much, Kevin. Good to see you. Yeah. Uh, Kevin six, five. Good. Fun fact. You let me know that the other day <laughs> could, could, could beat me up. Oh, Kevin coming in. Uh, could a Broncos fan make the case that we have the best three combination of quarterbacks in the NFL history? Um, Russ Manning and Elway just thinking out loud. Hmm. Well, Packers have, Oh yeah. Packers star far Rogers. Sorry. That's yeah. That's probably it. That's probably it. Uh, especially because we haven't seen what Russell Wilson's done yet in his career. And those guys were all, almost exclusively Packers. There's a little bit of a borrowing aspect when it comes to Peyton Manning. You know, he, he'll tell himself he's a Bronco, but it's, he's not through and through Bronco. You know, he's Colt. He's a Colt and a Bronco. So probably, probably the Packers. That one hurts. Maybe the Cowboys too. They had Staubach and uh, Aikman and somebody else. Am I forgetting there? Tony Romo, of course. Uh, Tony was underrated. He was. Yeah, he was underrated. Um, that's a good one though. That's a good, uh, thinker there. I, I was trying to think, is there one more Colts too? Just because Johnny Unitas is extremely underrated. Um, you have the Browns too. Maybe Deshaun Watson is going to be great. And they have Otto Graham. We're going way back in the history book for Otto Graham. Um, Bernie Kosar and now Deshaun Watson. So that'll we're be, just, we're just going to hope that he's not. Yeah. That's 
There we go. That's the energy I want. Yeah. Uh, RD coming with a Canadian $10 up north there. Hope you're doing well, RD. I've rewatched a lot of the games from last year. Our guards and center seem horrible. How much of a running game was Gordon being shockingly good with a bad interior offensive line? That was part of it. Uh, part of it was teams played a bleep ton of dudes in the box uh, because they didn't respect the Broncos ability to go vertical. And some people will say, Oh, Teddy Bridgewater, weak arm. The box numbers actually got worse when drew lock went in there. So uh, maybe it, drew Teddy Bridgewater's arm was definitely part of it, but that's not all of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so want to look out for that one, but yeah, Gordon, I think had a pretty good year last year. All things considered the fumbles are not inexcusable, but they're not tolerable anymore, but he, I think he had a pretty darn good year. I think people like to crap on Gordon because a, he was seen as taking away from the hometown kid who deserved it in Philip Lindsay. And then also you got the shiny new thing in Javante Williams. So Melvin Gordon's always kind of been, you know, on the outside looking in, like take him in. He's cold. If he's cold, uh, you should bring him in, but right. He's, He's, he's a fine player. The issue is his age and his position. That's why he's still out there. It's not because he wasn't good last season. Right. And so we were talking earlier about how much Russell Wilson could hurt Bulls in the sense of holding calls. He also yeah. helps this offensive line, like you said, because there's not going to be those loaded boxes where you're going, okay, we've got eight guys in here. Who's coming after us? Like who's actually coming after the quarterback in this situation? There's going to be more four or five guys in the box kind of situations and so it's going to be a little easier to figure some things out and that's going to help our young guards and centers that are going to be on the field and and tackles as well but um and so i think all around you're just going to see the offensive line take a big step forward just because russell wilson's in the building and uh all right we got cody w coming in with a two dollar super thank you cody manning had to be a colt before he became a bronco yep that's very very true and uh you know thankfully i mean even even John Elway was a Colt before he became a Bronco for like two days, but, yeah. but it is what it is. He actually was a Colt. And I I've seen some people talk about that with the Broncos of, we have to figure out how to draft a quarterback. I'm like, Hey, if you keep winning Super Bowls by the quarterbacks you bring in from other teams, who cares? No. I, I really don't care where my quarterback comes from. As long as you got a good quarterback. I mean, as long as they're not like a Nebraska Cornhusker, you know, that's okay. No, had to <laughs> Nebraska's get Nebraska's never going to produce a good quarterback. I mean, you say that, but quarterbacks come from any, everywhere. That's typically. Hopefully none, my, hopefully none of my wife's family is listening right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I was three years of telling people telling me Adrian Martinez is going to be the dude. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, guys, we got to wrap it on up. We appreciate all of you. Thank you so much for supporting us today. Broncos are back. We're hurtling towards the draft. Not enough draft conversation today. Carl, we should do definitely do maybe a mock draft or something in the future because it is building the Broncos. Our love of the draft is what originally brought us together all those years ago now, man. We're getting old. Uh, but thank you guys so much for joining us today. We appreciate you. Make sure you guys are following Carl on Twitter. Carl is at Carl Dumbler MHH, and I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also, make sure you're following Scott behind the scenes, making sure everything runs smoothly at scout Kennedy. We'll be live on Scott's channel tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Mountain time. If you guys want to check that out, maybe Scott will put his channel there in the comments and we'll be talking a lot of draft stuff over there tomorrow. Also follow us on Twitter at BTB football pod, as well as at mile high huddle. If you guys are joining us on Facebook today, first, before you do anything, click the thumbs up, please heart react, whatever you give me some reaction here. We got a care react coming in from chase Wilner and Carolina Lynn. Thank you so much. You too. I always like to give a shout out to the, the random ones and I appreciate the cares. So, but make sure you're also joining our Facebook groups, facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle, as well as facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. If you haven't done so yet, head to iTunes, find the huddle up podcast, scroll down, click the five stars and leave us a review. Uh, we will get to those probably at some point after the draft. We'll read through those. Um, but I like to monitor those. Uh, we've kind of hit a, a slowdown on those ratings coming in. So make sure you're, if you haven't done that yet, find us on iTunes, leave us a rating and a review. And also please, please, please. If you haven't done so yet, go to YouTube, if you don't have a YouTube account, create a YouTube account. What year is this? Have a YouTube. Um, <laughs> find our chip page. Subscribe, like, and share. And uh, that can help us a heck of a lot. And yeah, tomorrow we're going to be on live on Scott's channel. Phil coming in. Uh, one last super before he gets on out of here. Thank you so much for the support, Phil. Andrew Baker coming in as well. Uh, flexing on us with the Javonta Williams jersey. We appreciate you. Um, thank you so much, Andrew. Yeah, also though, the comments coming in. Thanks, guys. Great show. Angel coming in. Thank you so much. Jeremy come in and also hit those likes. Those guys deserve it. I don't know about that, but uh, we appreciate it either yeah. way. Um, appreciate you guys so much. Hopefully everybody's hunkered down in the crazy weather. April's got to be closing out here soon, man. I'm 
get me to May, get me to June, get me to get me to summer. But uh, we appreciate everyone. Everyone stay safe. Carl, what's the rest of your night looking like? Well, hopefully going to go get a run in after I tuck mm. my kids into bed and uh, trying to get back into all the running and everything else. It's yeah. been kind of slowed down. I've had this cold still seems to be lingering. It's uh, turned into a sinus infection. I don't want to get into all that, but, um, but uh, yeah, so I just need to get going, get moving and hopefully get that run in. What about you? I think I'm going to cook dinner. Uh, don't know what it is. We do the, we do one of those delivery kits. I don't want to get free advertisements cause they, they should sponsor the show. I, I'll, yeah. I'll cook one. I'll cook one while we talk Broncos. That'll be fun. Um, but, uh, nope, I'll cook one of those and, uh, hopefully get a walk in. I don't know. It looks like it's going to pour here pretty soon, but either way, you guys have a great night. We love you. all We'll see you tomorrow on Scott's channel and we'll see you guys tomorrow night for a huddle up show. Uh, same time, same place. Don't go anywhere. We'll see you tomorrow. Choose kindness, choose compassion. Go Broncos. You've been listening to Building the Broncos. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.